Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, 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 and welcome to each and every one of you. The Eric Zancho podcast has begun now, or is beginning now, or it's begun, or something like that. Question was asked to our beloved NFK, my brother-in-law. I go, Kevy, we're going up north. Oh, yeah? I go, yes, it's going to be awesome. Actually, I didn't say we're going up north. I go, Kevy, I'm going up north this weekend. You want to go? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. Now, leading up to that, leading up to that question, leading up to that question, I was like, you know, do I just want him to stay at the house? You know, because there's just an extra layer of responsibility that your old pal Eric has there. You know, if he's walking, I have to walk with him. I have to actually hold his hand or his arm, the uneven ground. His balance is a little wonky because of uh, ah, the issues, you know, no big deal. Um, not to mention, you know, it's just a, a litany of things you got to be aware of, but no big deal. But I'm like, should I like just uh, not ask if he wants to go and just uh, leave him here? And uh, so I have this little battle, battle in my brain between, in my opinion, what is right and wrong. I said, no, ask him. Ask him. For God's sake, ask him. When in doubt, do the thing that's, that's uh, you're conflicted. You know, when you're conflicted, should I or shouldn't I do it? Just do it. I wish I did that more, frankly. And so I go, Kevy, going up north this weekend. You want to go? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, shit, fuck, yeah. I go, okay. It'll just be you and I. He calls her ready. Queen of the forest, ready, uh, is not uh, is not going to be there. She's staying here. Oh. Oh. And he has this like now he's not so pumped up. I go and so I read that. I go, "You, you know, don't uh, feel obligated to." Uh so he was super excited with the idea of Eric Diana Kevin and now in a blink of a blink of an eye, it's like, oh, hmm. So I go, um, yeah. Uh, so what? What? And he goes, well, maybe not. <laughs> All right. And I, uh, I immediately let him off the hook. 
I go, well, you know, I go, no pressure, buddy. Whatever you feel like doing. He goes, yeah, I might just stay here. I go, hey, no problem. I don't want to, um, well, frankly, I, I like it. I like having one less thing to worry about. I don't mind that he's there. I mean, I enjoy the company. I mean, it's, uh, you know, suddenly, uh, there's going to be a time in my life when I might be alone. You never know. Uh, I'll be looking at days, opportunities like this. I wish I had, I wish I had someone to spend time with. (laughs) So, all right. I was all about it. Once I made the decision to invite, I was like, okay. But he's like, yeah, yeah. I go, all right, man. It's just going to be you and me. And he goes, oh, oh, there's that guy. He's always trying to stick his hand up my ass. I don't know if I'm interested in that. Uh, the question is asked by someone who I don't recognize. LJ guy, 2004. You ever go two tracking up there, Eric? Now I think that's what you call. Like if you have one of those fucking side-by-sides, one of those souped-up golf carts with the roll cages, you ever see those things? They look awesome. Holy shit. Uh, or maybe four-wheeling. Do they do they still have three-wheelers? You remember when you were growing up, you had like, uh, it, was, it was like two wheels in the back and then one up front. And then if you take a turn at one and a half miles an hour, it rolls. 8,000 times and you die. I think that that still happens with the four wheelers. I don't know if anybody does four wheelers now. I think most people buy like side-by-sides. That's what they're called. Those souped up golf carts. Those things look awesome. No, I've never done that. However, I used to ride motorcycles up there. My dad had a, a several motorcycles that we would bring up. These old beat up things. We just beat the shit out of them even more. Uh, I, I want a motorcycle. I want to buy a, a motorcycle and I think I'm going to, I just don't know when. What I'd like to do is have, um, this is something that would require a lot of, uh, uh, knowledge gaining by your old pal, Eric Zane and have, is have the ability and the skill set and the tools to actually build like a, uh, storage thing on the property to put a whole bunch of shit in. Now I would have to strike it rich, but the dream would be to have like this, uh, this almost like a, like a garage or a barn with like a boat, motorcycles, side by sides, four by four truck, just all sorts of shit up there. Probably never going to happen. I can't even get somebody to go up there with me. So that was just remarkable. Amanda says, you sound like my ex. What? With the hand up the ass? Is that is that what it sounds really? <laughs> Honey, I'm leaving you. Why? Because I can't put my hand up your ass. Sarah says, do you still have the moped? That's more your speed unless you... Uh, I, I used to, I sold that thing to, uh, Gabe, the Honduran. This show happens each and every day in the Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio. That's where we are right now. So glad that you are here for this episode number, uh, show number 902. And it's a good one. 
It's going to be a good one. We've got a lot of things that we're going to talk about today. I am, as always, excited to be here. So, all right. This story, God, um, a lady in Georgia. There's a couple things that stand out in this story. She's, uh, she's going to KFC, and that's no surprise. She looks to be the type of person who might go there a little too much. Uh, I digress. So that's, that's mean and whatever. Uh, the lady shows up at KFC, Joanne Oliver, and she orders the huge. And then they give her the huge, put it in a bag. And she takes it home. Well, then she she pulls the sandwich out when she gets home. And she sees uh, a dime, like an action, like a a coin, a dime, and then cash money of $543. I guess it's a daily deposit for the Georgia uh, base. Kentucky Fried Chicken, KFC. They don't call it Kentucky Fried Chicken anymore. They just call it KFC. They, did you know that 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 years ago when they called it Kentucky Fried Chicken, the world the word fried apparently had a uh, negative connotation, so they just changed it to KFC. That's bullshit. Fried means I'm going in. If if it's fried, that's a reason to go. $543.10. I like how in the daily deposit, they actually drop the dime in there too. Yeah, deposit this. So I guess they would put it in this. Sounds very secure. Throw it inside of one of the uh, bags that you give a person who is buying fast food, paper bag. And then I guess you walk to the bank and hand them the paper bag. Well, they had the money in the area where like people are getting food ready. And then somebody said, oh man, great. And then just grabbed the open bag and threw the food in, uh, wrapped it up and gave it to this lady. So they give her the daily deposits, uh, $543.10. That sounds very low, by the way, $543 in deposits. She discovers the cash. Here's this nice lady right here. She has called the cops. called the cops and said, you're not going to believe it. I went to KFC and I got $543 and 10 cents. All right. She calls the cops. The cut. Now I don't, I mean, I would have just gone back there and said, Hey, I mean, I, I, I guess it's fine. Uh, either or call the cops or go there and give the money. But the, the point is, she gave the money back. Now, I've heard enough about when you take money like that and you just spend it, uh, and then they actually do realize that you have it, then it like uh, it turns criminal. Then you're in trouble. How many times have we heard stories about people who the bank accidentally gives them money 
and then they they go and they start immediately. Okay, if a person goes and gets ten million dollars added to their bank account and they're and they're uh, uh, a little bit dishonest, you can't just go and start spending it. You got to wait like a long time to see if they notice. Then if they notice and you haven't touched it, you can just go, you did? Oh, really? Show me. Oh my God, you did. Well, why don't you get that back then? Then you're off the hook. But if years go by and nobody notices and they, they'll notice, then maybe. But probably better off just to give it away. It's not yours. Don't even begin to think like that. Just give that shit back. She did the right thing. She gave the money back. Now, the rest of this story is, this is why you should never, ever do the right thing and you should have spent that money. Because nowadays, if you do the right thing, nothing good can come from it. We all know that in this day and age, if you do something very simple, like if a kid sets up a lemonade stand, it's just happened. And then some dude uh, says, Hey, uh, can you give me some change? I got a, I got a hundred dollar bill. And the kid goes, yeah, sure. And the guy goes, yeah. And why don't you keep $10 for yourself and I'll take a cup of lemonade. This actually happened. Guy gets his cup of lemonade. He gets $90 back and then he leaves. And then it's a counterfeit $100 bill. So what you do then is you let that story take hold. Everybody feels bad for the kid. And then a GoFundMe is created. And the next thing you know, that kid has a college fund. He's got a retirement fund. He's got millions in the bank for the rest of his life. His parents were filthy rich to begin with, but it doesn't matter. It's a cute white kid. So you got to give him all, every, the whole world has to give this little fucker money. And then that's it. And then the world goes, oh my God, this is such a great place to live. I love it here on planet earth because we give this kid who's, uh, got ripped off. You know, I say bullshit. The lesson learned there, it is, don't give that kid all that money. The lesson is don't trust anybody. Okay. That's, that's the gift that keeps on giving. The money keeps on giving too, but uh, that's the day and age that we live in. So you would think that this lady would, uh, somebody would turn on the GoFundMe faucet for her and help her out. Now, this lady who did the right thing, technically, probably not though, because no one is now helping her. No one. Everybody is pointing out that she did the right thing. After getting lunch at KFC and discovering the cash, Joanne Oliver called the police and returned the money. The city of Jackson police department said in a statement, Mrs. Oliver had gone to a local restaurant drive through on her lunch break, returned to work to enjoy her lunch. When she opened her lunch, she removed her sandwich. She was surprised to five, $530 and 10 cents in cash. Authorities said their investigation found that the restaurant's daily deposit had accidentally been placed in the bag. Not only did Mrs. Oliver do the right thing, but she saved the manager's job. The department said on Facebook, Mrs. Oliver, thank you for reminding us that we have amazing citizens here in Jackson, and it's people like you that make us great. 
make Jackson great again. Okay? Now, for something like that, you have to add in this, too, to make this a horrible story. Uh, Mrs. Jackson um, is trying to take care of her husband whose body is riddled with cancer and they have $2 million in medical bills. She said, I could have used the money to pay the electric bill. Now, what more does the world need than to make a GoFundMe for this chick? does the right thing she's broke as a joke she has to work her ass off while her husband is laying there uh body riddled with cancer to fight the cancer in the battle that they're not winning i think is is a a a nice two million dollars in medical bills she probably makes like four thousand dollars a year and she's like yeah just gotta pay the bills So she has a great uh, attitude about the whole thing. She even then said, yeah, you know, I, uh, I considered keeping some of the money for a second, but ultimately I called the police. So she admits that she says that, you know, if you don't do the right thing, she said, if you don't do the right thing, it's going to come back on you. Oliver said, I mean, it wasn't mine. I didn't need to keep it. I'll get mine in the future. No, you won't. You will not. Because the world is a cold, cruel place and no one is helping this woman at all. Oh my God. And not one GoFundMe. There should be 10 GoFundMes already worth $1 million each and not a dime has been raised for the extra sweet Joanne Oliver. My God. How horrible is this? Sure, some kid at the grocery store uh, picks up some lady's purse and rides his bike 400 yards to her house to give it back to her. Uh, He's a billionaire. Mrs. Oliver is left to twist in the wind after doing it. You know what she got for it? Listen to this. KFC, you would think that It starts there. KFC. Gave her a free meal. That is it. Oh, my God. They're rolling in cash. I see nothing about a GoFundMe. Not a bit. And everybody's talking about, oh, Joanne, she's just she's just special. She is just special. She has earned that meal. She worked so hard for it, doing the right thing. Everyone loves Joanne. Amanda says, start one. Wait a second. Yeah, start one. That's going to be even worse. You got to strike when the iron is hot. First of all, the story is a few days old. That GoFundMe Well, okay, for the 18 people that listen to me, you all will give money, and then that's it. 
no one will give a shit, and it'll be even more devastating. Terrible. Go fund me giveth, thou shalt taketh away. Corey writes, I'm not giving shit. Oh, my God. Amanda says she doesn't deserve it. You don't go to get fast food when you're that much in debt. I don't know about that. I mean, sometimes maybe she saved up her pennies. Maybe she's collecting cans on the side of the road. She doesn't deserve it. Wait a second. I don't think that that type of response warrants what she did. I mean, she did the right thing. I love it. Uh, Adam says, well, if they're only depositing less than $600 from the previous day, maybe this is all KFC can afford to give. All right. So I just, I, I couldn't believe that. And, uh, so now that's it. I, uh, how the hell is it that there's $2 million in medical bills? My God. I mean, and if you're, um, if you're her, I, th- that is, that is staggering to me. $2 million in medical bills. And the thing is, she's got it. She seems to have a nice disposition about with the world, probably because she realizes she's not going to pay it. You know, I mean, honestly, if you, okay, you sit down after your co-pays or whatever, maybe she doesn't have insurance, which is obviously she didn't call Frank Fuss. Um, and all right. Yeah. $2 million. You call the uh, hospital and say, yeah, okay. I want to get on a payment plan. Um, and she makes $4,000. She's going to be paying like, like $3 a month for the rest of her life. My God. So anyway, here in this house, moving on new story. Uh, th- that's disgusting. That whole story is disgusting that that woman gets nothing. Something I saw that was equally sickening uh, with a much more tangible vibe to it is, you know, for the longest time, uh, I have described to you that we have a poop eater dog in this household. And that would be O'Neal, who's over there on the ground. And uh, that's devastating. He, he hunts around for uh, Tootsie Rolls in the yard from the other dogs. And uh, it's, it's the worst. Okay. It's a, it's a, I, I, I love him a little bit less each time. And then he has to work the love back and I can't catch him eating poop. I mean, it's devastating. We, we do not have one poop eater. We have four poop eaters. What? Yes. Okay. Um, this, we, I've discovered that three other dogs, the other three eat, cat shit out of the cat box fuck and i had suspected it was benny because when i'm in here doing this show he's over like in the other room with the door open which leads out to the hallway where there's a cat box and i noticed the other day i was like there was shit in here not long ago i could see it and now it's not here and then I caught him over by it, and I was like, motherfuck, it's you. You're eating the shit out of here. Then I caught Daisy doing it, 
And just moments ago, before the start of the show, I caught Bruce doing it. And, oh, my God. What the fuck? And the day started out today with puke on the kitchen table from the cat, puked up hair in the shape of a stomach with a nice uh, brown soup around it. Awesome. Fuck you. And then uh, the cat eats breakfast and then promptly pukes that up on the island. What? First of all, you're asking questions. Why do you allow your cats on there? It's like, dude, okay. If you have a cat, there's no way you can keep the cat from every place in the house. They, If they can reach it, they'll be on it. Okay? So you just learn. You just coexist. You're, you're just a tenant in the house. The animals rule. There's six animals in this house, and... Uh, basically, well, seven with the NFK. Uh, and I, my job is to just clean up after them. So fucking gross. Queen of the forest says to me the other day, she was, I don't know if we're going to get another cat. And I'm like, I don't know. We have two right now. I used to have four, uh, fencer or kitty and, and, uh, buddy Bobcat face. Hey, they both croaked. Uh, and now these two, Milo and Lincoln, I, I like the cats and, uh, uh, I'm the only one that take that, that, uh, uh, pets the cats. The cats are constantly trying to get attention and everyone ignores the fucking cats. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? They're, they're actually purring and they're rubbing up against you. All they want you to do is play with them. No one plays with the cats. It's like, no wonder why they puke all over the place. They're pissed off. Jesus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay. I have an audience that is on Facebook. They're small. I have an audience on Facebook. I have an audience on Twitter and YouTube. Thank you very much for checking out the show. Uh, In the event that you're not hip to what's going on, I then cut the cord on those platforms and hopefully direct you over to Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Eric Zane Live. That's where this show happens in its entirety, uninterrupted. You must go to twitch.tv slash Eric Zane Live. Uh, fill out your little user profile or whatever it is. Give yourself a name. Hit the follow button so that you know when I go live. And then if you want it with no commercials, you must subscribe. You can subscribe for free with your Amazon Prime account or throw five bucks at it. Doesn't matter to me. I mention it once in a while. And I appreciate it if you are subscribed. Hell, I appreciate it if you're just following and giving me a little bit of your time. Well, that's where the show happens. The live stream in its entirety each and every weekday at about this same time. As always, the audio podcast is uploaded after this one gets done. Everything I say, I kind of just save it, post it. That's it. And uh, off we go. And you can get that wherever you download podcasts. Just search 
Eric Zane Show, wherever you download shows. Or you can get it at my website, ericzaneshow.com. Okay, so for you folks on those platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, YouTube, I uh, say goodbye to you now. Facebook and Twitch, brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. Still uh, basking in the afterglow of the terrific time that we had at the uh, at the big car show. That was that was great. I really really enjoyed that. Every time I see a car show like that, I'm like, I should get a classic car. But you know, yeah. I think you kind of should possess some ability to take care of those cars and maintain them, you know? Uh, and I don't. So basically they would probably, it would probably just slowly fall apart. And then, you know, the classic car would become my daily driver. I kind of have a, um, another, another goal. Another wish would be to take my dad's truck that I bought off him and make that a summertime only vehicle. No Michigan winters. Okay? And then, like, restore it. Uh, get rid of all the rust. Bring it all back. Clean it up fantastically. Get it painted. And make it just a sweet-ass truck. 20-year-old, looking good, awesome. All right? And then... um the idea would be to get just like a, a beater for the wintertime. Um, yeah, that's that's what I think I would like to do. That, that's what Megan says. She goes, you do have a classic vehicle, the truck. You're right. I want to bring that thing back. I really, really do. And you can work on it. Um, all right. Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, NEV, sponsor Twitch. They sponsor Facebook. Twitter, brought to you by Blue Frost IT. YouTube, brought to you by Frank Fuss, my policy shop insurance. Okay. Sometimes when I lay out the show, I've got good news stories. I've got bad news stories. Today, I've got a little bit of both. This one is not exactly a good news story. Hell, I would say the last story wasn't a good news story. Lady in the KFC, I thought that was terrible. All right, this one I'm still trying to piece together. Um, and I, the way it boils down for me, whenever I see a story about a motorist shot and killed by cops, I, uh, I'll sit there and I'll read it and I'll try to find the one point in the story where I'm like, oh, there you go. Shouldn't have done that. That's probably what's going to make this a justifiable, uh, I hate to say killing, but a justifiable shooting of a motorist that results in death. You know, oftentimes I'll see like, oh my God, it, the civic, le civic leaders and the activists are gathering in the home of so-and-so uh, and asking questions. Why did the police kill this guy? And it's usually a black guy. And this story I'm about to tell you is not. It's a white guy. Um, why did the black guy uh, get killed? And then you're reading the story and say, yeah, he was just pulled over. And then, then the next thing you know, there's a point in the story where, like, the black guy did something awful. 
Okay. And I always go, oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Now, not in all those stories. I mean, hell, the one local one, um, the guy who got shot in the back of the head by the cop, um, I don't think that guy should be dead. I think that cop is in deep shit. Um, that was a that was the one the story where I was watching the videotape of the uh, of that incident. It was hard to watch, and I went, "Oh yeah, this cop's gonna be he's gonna get fried for murder." There's there's no question in my mind, none. And I when I first heard that story, I was convinced that the uh, videotape would prove otherwise. But then I saw the videotape and I went, "Oh, this cop's fucked." There's no way he gets out of this. Um, this is one of those stories. The only difference is it's a white guy. Which, by the way, side note, there's a story going around of uh, a dude that was killed by a cop. Uh, where is it? Allegan County uh, deputy justified in shooting man during traffic stop. Local story. And the thing about this one, it also is a scenario where it's a white guy. And Robert S., the guy that we've talked about in this show many times, who's uh, a county commissioner and an activist in Kent County, he is rushing to the aid of the family in this story. I'm like, oh, my God. Well, that's a that typically that does not happen. But in that, in this case, it is. So maybe Robert S is coming. I mean, he's not, I, cause I, I thought that that guy's just pretty much just a grandstanding dude who's full of shit, but all right. So let's in fact, jump into this story here. Let me see. Make sure I got this audio check, video check. Yes. Good. Skip bad. The decision has been made to not press charges against the Allegan County deputy who shot and killed 22 year old Joseph Nagel in June. An attorney representing the family is now taking additional steps, calling for justice for Nagel. News 8's Gabrielle Pfeiffer is live in studio now with What's Next. Gabrielle? The attorney for Nagel's family says he's requesting that the attorney general's office get involved. We are respectfully requesting the Michigan attorney general's office to review this matter. And by the way, she is and she hasn't yet decided. In a news conference Monday afternoon, the attorney for the Nagel family had few comments, but one clear message. We will get justice. There's Robert. Joining Cyber was Kent County Commissioner Robert Womack. He spoke. If I'm Robert Womack, I would start the press conference by saying, I am here to announce that I am supporting a white family. With Nagel's mother shortly before that, that should be the first thing he says. I would like to point out that I, uh, there's been a lot said about me, but I would like to start this out by saying white power. The announcement he said she's happy Cyber is taking this case to the attorney general's office. She wants this pursued so it never happens to another child where people have to depend on the word of a deputy or officer. I don't think I recall ever a time where a political activist or a civil rights activist who is black has supported a white person. And I am not even bullshitting there. Maybe there's a little bit more to Robert S. than we know. Where there was no body cams, no dash cams. Allegan County Prosecuting Attorney Myrene Cook says Nagel punched and headbutted the deputy. See, that's the that's the one right there. 
Did you hear that bit of info? He punched and headbutted the deputy. If that comes out to be true, well, I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know who's not going to get shot? Me. Because I don't punch and headbutt deputies. Allegedly threatening to kill him during the incident on June 16th. The deputy says after Nagel struck him between 15 and 20 times, his vision started to blur and he was afraid of losing consciousness. This led the prosecutor to believe the deputy was under extreme circumstances. Who's this deputy? Blind Saul? How can you get your ass kicked so bad? Justifying the use of force. Cybernor Womack commented on Coke's decision Decision, though they say this has been a difficult three months. It's just a very heart-wrenching investigation for the family to see their son, their brother, their uncle, their loved one, their schoolmate, their friend, their co-worker villainized so bad in a police investigation. So <laughs> Robert S. is obviously supporting the family here. Can you imagine if when this story breaks and he's they're like, Robert, you really got to improve your image. This is a, okay, you got to uh, uh, do this for all races, all creeds, all colors. And he doesn't want to go and they have to convince him to go. And he's like, you know what? You were right. This is really making me look good. Commissioner Womack added that the family might make a statement tomorrow. We'll keep you updated on air and online with. Okay, now he's a Kent County commissioner. And this incident happened in. Uh, I need business community. Allegan County, but whatever. Okay. I think that that, uh, that helps old Robert's credibility, I guess. But anyway, uh, the prosecutor in the state of Michigan is uh, Dana Nessel, who one half of the audience hates. Well, maybe a little less than half these days. But uh, she will decide as to uh, as to what's going on there. Um, I completely digress because the story that I wanted to get into initially was about this dude in Colorado. Now, here this dude is. The name is Christian Glass. He is in his car. Cops, uh, uh, that's body camera footage. He's making a heart with his hands. Like, hey, guys, I love you. I don't want anybody to get hurt. And, well, now he's dead. The cops shot him dead. Now, I mean, I don't know if the cops shot him because he made the heart sign at him. Uh, some might actually uh, say that that is a reason to shoot him dead. Chronic Mayhem asks, is he okay? Hey, asshole, I already said he's dead. Quit trying to fucking square peg round hole my joke. Enjoy some time out. You'll know it when it happens. His family's lawyers have released body cam footage and are seeking charges against the officers involved. Colorado State Patrol indicated the man had committed no crime. Uh-oh. Okay, so I read this one, and I'm like, what? And I couldn't, I had a hard time coming up with the, okay, that's the moment where the, the cop, you know, is like, all right, I'm going to shoot this guy. <coughs> Excuse me. Similar in the last story when the guy started beating the shit out of the deputy. 
the family of a 22-year-old Colorado man seeking justice. Uh, cops shot and killed him June 11th. The guy was in the car. He called 911 asking for help. Hey, my car is stuck. Uh, body cam footage recently released by the family's lawyer revealed seven cops responded when Christian Glass called first responders when he had a minor car wreck in Clear Creek County, Colorado. Quote, I'm stuck in a dangerous place and I will be killed. Glass can be heard saying in a rambling phone call to emergency services. A lot of people have suggested that Christian Glass was having some type of health or medical emergency or mental health emergency after reviewing this. All right. Let's, uh, let's work on through this. I'm stuck in a dangerous place, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he repeatedly tells the operator he loves her. He discusses draining the negativity out of people with crystals. He fixates on skinwalkers watching him from outside his vehicle. That's a term no one knows, but he called them skinwalkers. Some people would call those uh, deniacs. So perhaps that's what's going on there. Some people that look like they're strung out on meth with no prospects for wealth in the future. Anyway, that's stupid. Um, so this guy's losing his mind. So the 911 operator is like, Jesus, I wish somebody would shoot you so I don't have to do this. <clears throat> uh, I need immediate assistance, please, he begged. I'm going through a lot right now. The amateur geologist had two small knives and a hammer, Andy Dufresne, in his vehicle, which he disclosed to both the 911 operator and the cops as they arrived at the scene. He said repeatedly, do you want me to throw the knives and the my hammer, my geology hammer, out of the window? Nope. Leave them there. Okay. I'm not dangerous. I will keep my hands completely visible. He told the 911 operator. He then said, I understand this is a dodgy situation for you guys as well. So he's making complete sense while also talking about negative energy and skinwalkers. So he's kind of like, uh, you know, whatever. When law enforcement arrived, Body camera footage revealed Glass did keep his hands visible for virtually the entirety of his interactions with the Clear Creek County Sheriff deputies and Colorado State Patrol officers. He even made heart signs with his hands and gestures of peace toward the officers, but refused to exit his car, saying he was terrified for nearly 70 minutes. Officers in the video are seen joking with each other and talking peacefully with Christian Glass. Uh, also with an officer at one time approaching the vehicle and saying he isn't scared of Glass's behavior. We're not going to shoot you, an officer can be heard saying. 
despite this and the fact that a Colorado State Patrol officer can be heard on the radio saying Glass had committed no crime and the patrol should move on, officers on the scene decided to bust the car window and drag him out of there. Oh, by the way, there is video of this happening, but I don't want to watch it. I'm just going to describe it to you. One officer stood on the hood of the surrounded car while a second broke the passenger side window. At this point, Glass, who again has already said he was scared to get out of the car, grabbed his small rock knife and appears to brandish it towards the officers and possibly cut himself. Officers fired less, less lethal beanbag rounds and shot glass with a taser shouting commands at him while he screamed. But the 22 year old did not attempt to exit the vehicle or engage with any of the officers around him. Why didn't they just leave? You know, if you've got seven cars around the guy, and then once you get there, he says, well, I'm not getting out. I said, well, all right, have a good day. And then just leave. Who gives a shit? Ultimately, Deputy Andrew Buen shot him five times and killed him. Oh, my God. So they basically kind of just got impatient. Uh, lawyer says Christian was clearly in crisis, but what that crisis was, we'll never know. Was it that he was alone in the dark and scared or having a medical or mental health crisis? We don't know. This is, this is, uh, you know, this is a 22 year old. We already know that these are the most vulnerable people on the planet. Okay. You can't do anything to these people. They will get frightened. Anyone alive who is 23 or younger, uh, this could be, this could happen to them. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if by the end of the year, there are millions dead from this exact same scenario recurring. Glass had a history of minor depression and took medication for ADHD. He also smoked pot, which is legal in Colorado, but had no significant mental illness or history of psychosis. Whew. Uh, there's a little bit more to it. The cops did not initially respond to a request for comment. County commissioner's office released a statement Friday, initiating an investigation into the department's handling of the matter, calling this deeply troubling Glass family is seeking charges against the cop who shot him dead. Oh, my God. This is fucking terrible. What the hell is going on in the world? Wow. Uh, Chris says, because cops don't de-escalate. I'm guessing he's, uh, there's a bit of sarcasm there. These cops definitely did not de-escalate. Uh, one of you, Zin Tren, don't know who that is. Looks to be a name I don't recognize. Did watch it 
and said it is very bad. I'll uh, link it up in the show notes and you can check it out on your own, but I don't really want to walk through seeing some dude who didn't do anything wrong get shot dead. But uh, if, if you want to check it out, there you go. Maybe do it after the show because we've got fun things to talk about. Let's see. I've got some great news about a man wrongfully convicted, I felt. I'll get to that a little bit coming up. I don't want to get to the tease. I don't want to get to teasing. It's a podcast. Don't tease there. Come on. Carl would mock you. By the way, I talked to Carl yesterday from Who Are These Podcasts? And uh, so he was on the way to the Buffalo Bills game. I go, how did it go? Because he had me record a bunch of roast jokes for him for a roast he was part of. And uh, he goes, uh, don't hate me, but we didn't use it. And I was like, oh, well, I, I don't hate you. I was just more worried about people laughing at how stupid my jokes were. And I used, uh, some of the jokes were Jamingo's. Some of the jokes were mine. And uh, he goes, it was too long. Everybody only got five minutes. And I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me that to start? That should have been the first thing. Eric, I need five minutes because I sent him eight and a half. He goes, roasts don't go that long. I go, the fuck, they don't go that long. Sometimes they go long. If they're great, which I am, they do. But he goes, yeah, our, our longest person was five minutes. I go, well, motherfucker, maybe tell me that ahead of time. Oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to include it in post, which means it's no one's going to see it. This show is available on Patreon, my extra show. I do a daily Patreon bonus podcast when this show is done. And as you know, I am always looking for more people to sign up on Patreon. If you are getting the show free right now, oh my God. Basically, you're getting 10 hours of free podcast every week. How about adding more to that so that you can have more to listen to while whatever it is you do, drive, work, I don't know, take care of the kids patreon.com slash Eric Zane more podcasting every week on a separate platform p-a-t-r-e-o-n patreon.com slash Eric Zane go there and okay while you're doing your fact finding about what the hell it is just sign up and then you'll figure it out for the month okay there is a ton of content up there that I deliver I over deliver I do that on purpose over deliver on the patreon I don't want you listening to anything else other than Eric Zane related content. All Eric Zane all the time. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. Now, the open of this free podcast is brought to you by A&E Heating and Cooling. I've said many times, if you have uh, any work that uh, needs to be done, maybe you have a problem and uh, you, you call them and that's exactly what I just did. I had a couple of things that I had them to work on. Well, first of all, I needed him to do something with this heated flooring system that I have. I needed him to blow out the air in the lines, which I, I don't know how to do that. I think it's pretty simple, but I don't want to screw it up. He did that. Then he noticed I have another problem. Well, I go, well, that's awesome. Uh, and then he figured it out and he fixed it. So that is why you need A&E heating and cooling in your life. 616-516-8579. Let's start with this. The heating months are almost here, here in Michigan. 
do not just turn on the furnace. That could lead to problems for you. It needs to be serviced each and every year. So call, spend the 79 bucks, have them come to your residence and get that furnace tuned. That does make it more efficient, which if your furnace is more efficient, the fuel that it's burning, uh, it's going to be more effective at burning that. So you're saving money. So, and basically the preventative maintenance that you're getting is uh, like an insurance policy to make you have the best chance of having no problems with your furnace setup. $79 is all it costs. 616-516-8579. I got a mortgage guy and this mortgage guy wants to work for you no matter where you are in the U.S. with the exception of Alaska, Hawaii, South Carolina, and Maine. It's the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. NMLS number 3035. Call Mario. 231-332-6505. All right. Um, where the fuck am I? There's a local, uh, judge. Well, there's a guy who's a judge by trade, by education. I don't think judge is a trade. He's an attorney who's running for judge. I I take that back. His name is Jason Kolkoma. Classic Dutch idiot here where I live. Everywhere I turn, I'm surrounded by Dutch people. And this, this one apparently is an asshole. This Dutch idiot is a hothead. Now, at the very least, I can't say for sure whether this guy took off his belt and beat the shit out of his girlfriend. Okay? But there is investig- an investigation going on that is trying to get to the bottom of whether or not this judge who was enraged ripped off his belt and started beating his girlfriend. Okay. There is some doubt in that because he and the girlfriend who is, who is saying, Oh no, no, no. He didn't hit me. He was just hitting the chair. They might be able to get away with that. It's not clear. The video is fuzzy. A neighbor or someone who was witnessing it shot it from far away through a window. And in this video that I'm going to play for you on this story, you're going to see the video of this judge yank off his belt and start whipping, whipping uh, the girlfriend. Kenny, you're getting ahead of me. Uh, I, I don't know what goes through your brain that makes you think that I am not going to cover the stories that matter. How often have I told you this? And another thing, if you're watching the show and then you're sitting there asking questions about other stories and trying to get to the bottom of the case, wouldn't it be easier just to look it up on your fucking own? Idiot. He writes, anybody know how that player on the bills is doing this morning? 
Like he doesn't have the ability to find out in front of his fucking face with a few keystrokes. No, he has to ask the audience who's enjoying the show. And I'm going to talk about it. Shut up, asshole. Christ. It's always two people that do that. Guess who? Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Every time I think you and Amanda aren't made for each uh, made for each other, you prove that you are. Aram, shut up. How about enjoy the show? Unbelievable. Anyway, like I was, you know what is. Whenever I'm sitting there talking about something that I have, I'm going somewhere with it. Again, I've got a live audience on Twitch. I'm going somewhere with it. This is the equivalent of a guy on stage doing a fucking TED talk or stand up or whatever the fuck. This is the equivalent if idiot Kenny is in the front row while somebody's spilling their guts out on stage and this moron goes, hey, Anybody know what happened to that guy in the football game last night? What the fuck is wrong with you? Enjoy your seconds. Here you go. Eat this. Enjoy your 10 minutes, moron. Jesus. All right. I was talking about a fantastic story. It's fucking terrible, but it's a fantastic story. This dickhead, this Jason Kolkoma, 51-year-old attorney, accused of beating the shit out of his girlfriend with a belt, was in court Monday. Someone got the footage of this asshole ripping off his belt and whipping, whipping motion. The girlfriend who the argument may be able to be made is covering for him. We don't know. This happens all the time where a woman either loves the guy or is paid off or uh, has no way out and abused woman does this, concocts a story on behalf of the lover that hurts her. That is a very real thing that happens regularly. Audio check. Josh says, I hope it was a WWE championship style belt. Come on, Josh. He's running for judge, but tonight this Muskegon attorney is the one facing judgment. Jason Kolkoma making his first court appearance today on a domestic violence charge after witnesses recorded him allegedly beating his girlfriend with a belt. Target 8 investigator Susan Samples reports as Kolkoma faced a judge for the first time his opponents were making 
their voices heard as well. Susan? That's right, Brian. The 51-year-old attorney turned candidate turned defendant pleaded not guilty to a misdemeanor domestic violence charge today. This after prosecutors say witnesses recorded him in mid-August as he allegedly struck his girlfriend with a belt, though both Kolkoma and the girlfriend say he was hitting the chair she was sitting on, not her. In court, an assistant prosecutor told the judge... See the arm of the chair there. The couple has had multiple documented... We're going to show it here, don't worry. In one case, Kolkoma is accused of becoming enraged in front of his girlfriend and her child. All right, disagree. throwing water and a... Disagree. I disagree... That as to what he's striking there. Bottle at them. Meanwhile, advocates for survivors campaigned. Wow, that was in rough. Front of the uh, altercations in one well, it, it, it's lost because she makes the Susan Samples makes the comment about other things he's accused of doing. Wow, that video of him beating the shit out of her is playing. Allegedly beating the shit out of her. I want to be careful as a lawyer. Uh, and I guess he's 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 been a accused of terrible things and th- these two fight all the fucking time in one case Kolkoma is accused of becoming enraged in front of his girlfriend and her child allegedly throwing water and a bottle at them meanwhile advocates for survivors oh, no. campaigned against Kolkoma in front of the courthouse today and across the street from the office where Kolkoma was being arraigned via zoom we caught up with Kolkoma as he left that office and the protesters Jason, I want to give you an opportunity to defend yourself. Uh Why should people vote for you when you are violating court orders yourself? Okay, so she didn't even want to talk about the other thing. He had violated court orders, and then that's a legit question. Why should people vote for you? You have no credibility. And then this hot young thing weighs in. It'll be a massive defeat. A massive sign of disrespect, I think, to women. It would be dangerous if he became judge because it would be terrible for our community and it would silence more women. Muskegon women are strong and we don't want to tolerate violence. That's that's why I'm here. The Muskegon County prosecutor told a judge today that Kolkoma violated multiple court orders, including one that prohibited the couple from seeing each other after a domestic assault in June in Isabella County, in which it was the girlfriend who allegedly tried to hit Kolkoma. Wow. These two are just idiots. ...is defending him again and told me today that the court orders involved her, not Kolkoma, so he violated nothing. Kolkoma pleaded not guilty today. No word on whether a trial will happen before or after the election. Okay. Uh, let's just say she, uh, he, she violated the court order that he had. And um, I think we can all agree that this, these two are idiots and probably should not be associated with each other in any way. All right. Um, I don't know if the video we saw is enough to prove that he whipped her. And if she is on his side saying, oh no, he was hitting the chair. All right. Um, okay. You know, you two go ahead, be miserable together. But at the end of the day, who in their right mind would vote for anybody, even if he is hitting the chair, who is that enraged over something? 
Now, do I, in my opinion, think that he was hitting the chair? No. No, 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 no. But the whole idea, the whole idea of uh, ripping off the belt and that whole thing. Oh, my God. What an asshole. Linda says, what sensible adult man whips off his belt like that to intimidate a woman? I mean, he needs to adopt. He's 51. He needs to adopt a different outlook. I'm a 50-year-old man doing what a 50-year-old man should. And and that is not taking off a belt. He needs to take the advice of our wayward pal, uh, Mike, there. And I'm a 50-year-old man doing what a 50-year-old man should. Yeah, you can't like be ripping off your belt and swinging it like a madman. Kyle says... He's doing it wrong. Take off the belt, then open pants and impress a woman. Or in Kyle's case, a man. So that's a bizarre, bizarre story. In more legal news... Man, I remember years ago discovering the grandfather or grandmother of true crime podcasts. Serial. Serial season one. Sarah Koenig is the one who did the story. How this unfolded, it came out in 2014. It's a story of... Adnan Saeed. He's a Muslim Pakistani. Well, he's of Pakistani descent and he's Muslim, but he's a regular kid, teenager in Baltimore, Maryland, 17 years old. And uh, next thing he knows, he's accused of killing a girl who broke up with him, some Asian chick, and she winds up dead. And the next thing, six weeks later, after she's found dead, he's arrested. And he doesn't see the light of day until yesterday. He's now 41 years old. This all unfolded in 1999 when he got thrown in jail. And uh, he hasn't been out since then. This is unbelievable. I remember listening to the Serial podcast and having this vibe of how? How the fuck is this even real? What? It's infuriating. Okay. At least with making a murderer, Stephen Avery is a fucking sicko piece of shit. He is. He really is. He would light cats on fire for fun. I had said on the radio that in a perfect world, Stephen Avery from making a murderer gets released, takes one step out of the prison and a bolt of lightning hits him. Okay. Um, not so with Adnan Saeed. Uh, if you listen to that show, it came out in 2014, and it's it's you. Oh, my God. If you start listening to it, you'll be like, what the fuck? You'll take time off work just to hear it. This lady, Sarah Koenig, put it all together, and this all started when somebody reached out to her friends of Adnan Saeed, his best friend and his best friend's sister, and they're... Uh, talked to in this um, podcast quite a bit 
um, about the case. And all she did, she's not a lawyer, she's not, she's not a cop, nothing. She's just a reporter. And all she did, if it wasn't for her putting out this podcast, which everybody listened to, the attention would not have been drawn to the case, which got organizations like the Innocence Project after it and kind of shed uh, a light on it and then got people talking. And the next thing you know, and this, again, it came out in 2014. So, I mean, it's taken this much time, eight years, right? Yeah. For uh, this to finally um, come to pass. And yesterday a judge said, if I can let this guy go, it's ridiculous. Everything's thrown out. Um, there's a lot of weird shit that has gone on and, uh, had it not been for this podcast, this wouldn't have happened. And all she did was basically this woman is like, um, this, uh, uh, Sarah Koenig. She is like super detail oriented and kind of, uh, immersed herself in it and then wrote out, took all this information she had in phone interviews with, uh, Syed in prison and, and other people and got phone records and cell phone information and shit like that and talking to eyewitnesses. And she pieced together all this thing, which cast remarkable doubt on the case. I mean, it's ridiculous how if you you hear it and you go, well, you, you didn't do it. It's other good. Someone else must have done it. Don't know who did it. She starts out and I just started listening to it again. She said in the first 20 minutes of this podcast, it's like uh, like 12 episodes or something like that, like an hour each. She goes, I didn't know what to think at this point, but the one thing I was aware of, she'd only talked to like three or four people, Syed from prison, the people who turned her onto the case and like an eyewitness who was for the prosecution. She goes, this is what I determined. One of those people is lying to me. And I don't know if it's Adnan Syed, this guy, Jay, uh, his best friend, Adnan's best friend. I mean, it, it's remarkable. She goes, someone is lying. And she's right. Someone is lying. But when you get done hearing it, you'll be like, well, it's not Adnan Syed. No way. So now he's free. Holy shit. Released from Maryland prison after 22 years. Would his murder, this is according to USA Today, would his murder conviction had been overturned without the serial podcast? No, it would not have been. I believe that. Uh, there were cheers inside the court as officers unleashed Syed's shackles. The family of the dead of the dead kid, this uh, young chick, Asian chick, um, Hailey, um, I'm sorry, Hyman Lee, high, and I know you like Hyman, H-A-E, it's not high, I'm sorry, it's Hay. Her name is not Hyman, Eric. Hey, Min Lee. That's three names. Hey is H-A-E, Min, M-I-N, Lee. The Lee family's pissed off. They're like, holy shit, are you crazy? They think, oh, no, you got the right guy. But the judge is like, no way. The prosecution in this county in Maryland said, yeah, we are recommending to the judge that this get thrown out. This whole thing is fucked. I just can't believe it took this long. Cheers inside the courtroom. Um, the judge ordered Syed's shackles be undone, handcuffs undone. Uh, so now he's, he's he has no, no shackles off my feet. Free at last. 
I got no shackles and there's a rap song. I forget who it is. It might be Sugar Hill Gang. Um, in prison for over two decades, was led into the crowded courtroom in handcuffs Monday, walked out with none. The judge said, get this man a change of clothes. He put on dress pants, white shirt, tie, walks out of the courthouse. He's looking to score some pussy. His mother and other family representatives left with him. Uh, the move came after prosecutors said they no longer have faith in the original case. People, the followers of the serial podcast have been saying for years, if I'm the prosecutor and it's however many years ago, eight years ago in 2014, and I hear that, I'm like, oh, fuck. I would have done it then. I would immediately done it right then. It's that convincing. Um, the podcast concluded when it finished, Sarah Koenig, who is the one I mentioned earlier, said she was not sure, though, who killed Heyman Lee. Um, but as soon as I heard the information, I believed that he didn't. So that's crazy. The woman who made it even said, I still don't know who killed Heyman. That's enough doubt, though, cast on it to make other people say the same thing. The uh, am the ambiguity captured national attention as Koenig examined glaring problems with both Syed's defense and the prosecution's case. Um, she made a point earlier that the defense attorney for Syed, she accuses the defense attorney of throwing the case, which she talks about. Explores shoddy cell phone data, inconsistent timelines, ignored witnesses, and other possible suspects. Syed was sentenced to a life in prison plus 30. He's maintained his innocence since he was 17. Experts say the vast majority of prisoners don't have such opportunities, making their struggles even more difficult. Syed's case and the doubts around it captured national attention. Um, let's see. The true crime frenzy around Syed is one of the most high-profile examples of podcasts, TV shows, and media reports casting serious doubts about previously obscure convictions. But until recently, Syed remained in jail with few legal options left. That changed when Baltimore state attorney filed a motion to vacate the conviction on Wednesday. We talked about it right here, saying that a lengthy investigation uncovered new evidence that could undermine the 2000 murder conviction. Um, there's more about how that comes to play in the um, in the story. There's a new four-part documentary called The Case Against Adnan Syed. Offers a fresh look at evidence and the latest developments. And uh, that that actually might be old. That HBO documentary. Um, but now they're saying that the uh, judge said that the prosecution has now 30 days to figure out if they're going to try him again. So what Syed does is he goes home and he has a tether. He's got to stay GPS monitored um, because he's not necessarily out of the woods. So now today marks 29 days left for the prosecution to file uh, anything to possibly uh, charge this guy again. They feel that the informa there was information by the prosecution that was known and was not revealed to the defense. You have to show, hey, we have this in our possession. Uh, if it was anything to um, that could exonerate him or cast doubt on it, 
and that's what a lot of people are saying that they had in their possession. They didn't make it known. I mean, my God, that's fucking crazy. Uh, I don't normally like to say, hey, listen to another podcast because, fuck, I want you to listen to me. I want all of your attention, okay? Uh, which is why I get mad at Kenny when he's talking about shit that I'm going to talk about later on in the show. Uh, pay attention to me, damn it. But I am urging you to listen to the first season of Serial. Every new season is a new case. But the first season, oh my God, fuck. Maddening. But so I didn't honestly, because you oftentimes hear about people just rot away in prison, despite piles of evidence that cast doubt or lack thereof that cast doubt. I did not expect this to happen. So when Megan sent, well, I heard about last week that they're thinking about it. And then Megan sent it yesterday. Went, Holy shit. Adnan Syed is out. Remarkable. What would you do? I mean, can you imagine if let's just say for the sake of this argument that Adnan Syed didn't do it. Um, if I'm in court in 1999 and they find me guilty, I can just imagine what my reaction would be. The, the disbelief, I wouldn't even know what to do with myself. And then the amount of time to have the resolve, because you figure from 99 to, well, she started making the documentary in 13, the podcast. Um, and she, she, Sarah Koenig researched him for one year to wrap her. She has actually more knowledge and makes a stronger case than any lawyer, um, about this particular case. Um, if you're Syed, so that means you got to spend 13, 14 years pissing away your youth in prison with no, uh, uh, prospect of getting out. So you miss all of those important moments. You you don't graduate high school, you know? I mean, all, I mean I, it's, it's remarkable to me. And then you add on eight more years after the show airs, and here he is now, a middle-aged man, and nothing to show for it. I take it back. You know what it is? While he's there, he probably got an education. He's probably wise beyond his years. He's probably incredibly patient. Um. But if that's you and you are wrongfully convicted, I know that in some states you can sue, and, and but there's actually caps on the amount of money that you can be compensated. Oh, my God. I think that I would get out of prison, and then the first thing I'd do if I'm Adnan Syed is I then make a hit list of all of the people that put me behind bars for this amount of time. And I carefully, carefully spend the rest of my years killing all of those people, eliminating them one by one in an orchestrated, a well-planned, well-thought-out hit list with perfect crimes. No one can catch me. I'm talking poisoning, uh, strangulation with piano wire, hand grenades, claymore mines, arson... You name it. Cut the brake lines. We're doing it. These people are going down. If I don't have a pot to piss in 
and everybody thinks I killed somebody. Fuck that. I'm taking people out. Those are all jokes. Please know and hold it against me. It'd be tough to not feel that way, though. Chris says, already did the time. Might as well do the crime. Fuck yes. Oh, my God. About the show, Serial, Linda says, the other seasons haven't been nearly as good as the first. Agreed. I started listening to follow-up seasons, and I don't even remember what the fuck they were about. The first one's all that matters. Just listen to the first one, and then don't ever listen to anything else ever again. Florida man 0814 says, the first thing I would do is send a bobblehead with its head snapped off to the prosecutor. By the way, um, people keep sending me their responses to Pellerito's um, fucking email that he sent out, which again, I was the last person to find out about, but people who he sent it to, it didn't, it didn't uh, get received. It didn't have the impact that he desired. Well, I don't know. Maybe it did. I think his plan was just to get it in, in my possession. So I guess it worked, but, uh, Eric writes stalkerito dude, fuck off. You pathetic loser. Get a life. Stop emailing me. Blind Saul says, well, you know, if you don't like the show, you certainly don't have to listen. I don't understand what all the bickering and division is about. Well, Saul might not be up to speed on everything that's going on there. I don't think Mike listens, but maybe he does. Nate R. writes, childish controlling behavior from people who will never have anything of their own. Yes, including a mortgage payment. All right. I just, I got a kick out of that. If you want to send me the responses you sent off to Mike. I'm a 50 year old man doing what a 50 year old man should. I'd be anxious to see those. Very cute. Okay. Wow. Thank you to the Kent County Health Department. Their website is accesskent.com slash health. If you or your loved ones are not vaccinated, and when I say vaccinated, in this particular case, I am not talking COVID-related, though that does apply for the Kent County Health Department. I'm talking about all the things that they were trying to make you aware of prior to COVID. Measles, mumps, rubella, whooping cough, pertussis, meningitis. Ask about polio. Ask a po- Polio is coming back. Guess who's back? Back again. Polio, tell a friend. Um, you can be vaccinated for all these things. And hey, monkeypox. You know, if you like butt sex, or you know, y- some of the local gays are affected by monkeypox. There was a story that was like, uh, there's a stigma going around that. Monkeypox is a gay disease, and that's just not true. Um, well, no, that's not true. It is. Uh, if your ding dong goes in a butt, 
of another dude. Dude on dude, ding dong to butthole action. Be careful. You could become infected with monkeypox. Now, I don't care. Uh, but just know that that could mess you up bad. There, They do have vaccination there. So uh, be careful. Especially now, maybe not if you're like, if you're a married gay person, a married, like two dudes are married. You're probably fine. Unless if one of those people strays and samples a random butthole, which frankly, if you're a heterosexual couple and the one strays and has sex with a rando or has an affair, uh, when the truth does become revealed and it will, the one who's the victim should get a test because dumbass was cheating on you and subjecting you to, you know, you don't know where, you know, that, that food's coming. You don't know what kitchen that food is coming. I don't know why I went with the food, uh, anecdote, stupid. But anyway, accesskent.com slash health. Thank you, Kent County Health Department. Hang on. We got any lurkers here? Do we have any lurkers here? Um, Starting to get an idea that some of our uh, wayward friends who were part of the great uh, Zaniac Exodus are starting to come back to the pack. Now they don't have the nerve to show up under their first screen names. So they're showing up under different screen names. I did see last week the multi-talented Lisa K showed up and I think it was right after Mike's uh, uh, Garden of Listeners sequel, Garden of Listeners 2, um, Unabomber Manifesto. Lisa showed up to see what was going on. Now, at that point, I was just being informed about it, and I didn't, I didn't know what was happening. So I didn't really get into it then. But um, she took a little time out. Uh, she was on her way to sport clips uh, to get a snippy snippy. And she listened to the show. I found this out that uh, and then she was happy because they were actually showing the show at sport clips. And she was able to get off of there and enjoy it. So that's that's good news. Amanda writes Eric stop uh, th- that's funny because I could have swore this wasn't the Amanda show so I think the words you're expecting to hear are time out so shut up thank you though for being here appreciate that You do realize that I'm the big swinging dick here. Amanda was on the fence. She said to me at the, um, at the, uh, at the luncheon, she goes, you know, 
I didn't like you. I got mad and you weren't my, I decided you weren't going to be my friend anymore. It's like, for what? What did I do? What the fuck did I, I didn't do anything. I'm the one you want to be around. I'm the one who's reacting to the aggression. I'm finally someone who doesn't take it. We're not going to take it. No, we ain't going to take it. We're not going to take it anymore. You want that. You see, I don't think it's a coincidence that both Kenny and Amanda have been banned today for 10-minute intervals. These two are barely on the team here. They also still associate with those pieces of shit. So, you know, there's a little bit of uh, suspect behavior going on. Uh, Kenny says, I ask how an injured player is doing and I got a timeout. Amanda tells you what to do or not do. Big difference. Yeah, but you're still, it's still different reasons, but still the same outcome. You too should be having sex. Uh, We're not going to take it. Care A-O-K. Someone suggested I bust out some karaoke. It's not a bad idea. It sounds a little internet-y when you have it on the live stream, though. And I hope I don't get muted, but whatever. I don't even care. Oops.
Fantastic, an absolute home run smash. Oh my God, am I great. That was awesome. Holy shit. Thank you. Thank you very much for your support. Where were we? Thank you. Oh, by the way, Tarantula Farmer writes, that's a bad time for a commercial. Dude, fucking sign up. You missed this shit. See what you missed? By the way, uh, it's worth noting that this show is still populated by a Pellerito. Joe Stinkpot is probably going to want to avoid conversation about this show during the holidays when he's with the Pellerito family. Oh, yeah, don't do it. Don't, don't say a word, man. Keep it on the down low. <laughs> no. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you for being the normal one in the family. <laughs> yeah. It's a little weird. Just a little bit weird. Uh, you you know I've kept you out of this. There was I made one phone call. <laughs> the story can be told now. I made one phone call to Joe when I was trying to have, speak with a rational person, and uh, I said, "What is up with this?" And he wisely sidestepped. I don't know. Not getting involved. And I was like. I shouldn't have called you. I'm sorry. Enjoy your day. I'm not going to get you involved. We're not going to take it. No, we ain't going to take it. Okay. Gift of Life, Michigan. G-O-L-M dot org. Or go to registerme.org. If you're within the state of Michigan, go to golm.org. Takes you two minutes. Fill out the form. If you die, um, your organs are harvested. Uh, what was it? Megan said, uh, I was talking with her. She goes, well, I'm worried about what if they, they don't save you? Like, no, 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 no. That is a myth. That is an absolute myth. No one would do that. If you're in a car wreck, they're not going to go, well, we might as well just let them die because they're an organ donor. It doesn't work that way. Um, there was a particular reason why, and I don't know it off the top of my head. I should probably reach out to Allison at Gift of Life Michigan, and she'll explain it to me. Anyway, go to golm.org and be an organ donor. Save a life today. If you're outside of the state of Michigan, go to, <clears throat> excuse me, register me. Dot org. Blue Frost IT, the managed IT service provider for the show. Uh, if you have a business, small or medium-sized business, uh, and you want to upgrade your tech, that's what you do. You call them, sit down for half an hour, tell them what you do in your business. It's a nice conversation. He comes up with a plan for how you're going to upgrade your tech, 
and he helps you every step of the way. Alan from Blue Frost IT, the absolute best. Okay. Prepare to get your mind blown. All right. Once again, from my favorite site online, Cora.com. The question was asked. I w- this is the same site that said, could a guy, could you and 30 of your friends beat up a silverback gorilla? And the answer was no, you can't. You'd have 31 dead people. The question was asked, and what it is is random people like you and I will ask questions on the site, and then people who are knowledgeable about whatever it is you're asking will then answer as best as they can. <clears throat> the question was asked, are we likely to find intelligent life elsewhere in space one day? So this is a little celestial excitement for you. And you know, um, when it comes to what I've talked about, the vastness of space, the sheer numbers of galaxies and stars and planets, it's it almost uncountable how, ma- how much there is out there. This was the response. Are we likely to find intelligent life elsewhere in space one day? The response was this. Since we, us, recently received a what's known as a narrow band signal from the nearest star system to our own, it's possible we already have. Now, I've never heard any bit about the story. Now, from time to time, you'll hear a story and I'll talk about it. When they're like, oh, Radio signals coming from space. And then it's like, well, wait a minute. When you get further into it, they reveal that um, the radio signals are uh, many different wavelengths and coming from a thing known as like a pulsar or a quasar, which is involved with star destruction and energy emitting um, out of the disrupted star that is disintegrated or gone supernova and those radio waves are just getting to us. That can happen. So it's when you hear radio waves, you're thinking, what is someone talking to us? No, that's not it at all. However, however, in this particular one instant uh, instance that I'm about to describe to you, there's some details that make this so that the hairs stand up on the back of your neck. We recently received a narrow band signal from the nearest star system to our own Proxima Centauri. That's Latin for close star. It is possible that we already have confirmation of intelligent life elsewhere in space. Hmm. The signal became known as BLC1, which stands for Breakthrough Listen Candidate one, or they also called it great discovery candidate to be heard one. It's a very wordy title. These nerds don't do so well at naming shit in a free translation. The signal was detected for 30 hours and originated as I indicated from Proxima Centauri. This is what it looked like. They actually have a picture of what this looked like. There you go. That's it. No big deal. It doesn't look like much. It looks like a bad San Diego or Los Angeles Chargers logo. But that's the actual frequency. 
of what we're talking about here. Now, how do I get rid of that? All right. Anyway, more on this. So what, you ask? Or so what, you say? And you're asking, like, what does this even mean? The signal was emitted at 982.002 megahertz. Here's where it starts to get more interesting. And there is nothing natural that emits anything remotely resembling such a narrow band of frequency. That is, this signal must be technological. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that um, there's something we don't know that exists in the known universe, in this case, from that star system, that can create it. But based on everything we know about, about frequency and waves and megahertz and radio, this particular very, very narrow band frequency cannot be made by something in nature. It can only be made by something technical or technological. Quote, we know of no natural way of compressing electromagnetic energy into a single frequency band. You know, it kind of just blurts out in a, a wide band when it comes from uh, something that I described earlier. Supernova, pulsar, quasar, things like that. Black hole. Uh, perhaps some as yet unknown exotic quirk of plasma physics might be a natural explanation for radio waves. So temptingly concentrated. But for now, the only source we know of is it's technological, said smart guy from the University of Berkeley. Then it says, want to know something even cooler? uh, Proxima Centauri is part of a rare triple system, three stars, and is a red dwarf, the type of star that lives the longest. Also, NASA has already determined that there is a terra firma planet, a rocky planet in its orbit that is in the Goldilocks zone. Not too cold, not too warm, acceptable for water. Finally, most fascinating of all, the Doppler shift of the signal known as BLC1 only grew during the observation period, which means that whatever technological device emitted it, it was moving. So we got a technological sound, as far as we know, coming from an object that's moving, surrounding a planet close to Earth and how it is in in terms of uh, habitable zone. And a signal that can only be made from something that is technological and not in nature. Not in the universe based on what we know. Holy shit. That should be the start of the Today Show. How come that's never been taught? This has never been talked about. Can you imagine if they started the Today Show? Hello, I'm Savannah Guthrie. And something has been uh, discovered coming from deep space uh, Alpha Centauri, Proxima Centauri star system that is technological in nature, as far as we know. That should have been the top story. Top story at one point in time. This is the first time I've ever heard about this thing. Fuck. 
other naysayers weigh in with this exact story with their own story. Mysterious radio signal from Proxima Centauri was definitely not aliens. Then they said the signal appears to have an earthly origin. So already on the follow-up on Cora, people are saying, no, 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 that came from us, asshole. I choose to believe that there's a fucking alien like E.T. sticking his finger out and it's glowing, pointing at us. I do not believe any of your nonsense that we did that. Shut up. I sure hope not. Aram says a lot of Savannah Guthrie talk the last couple of days. Yes, she has been referenced. It's because I watch her every single day. Okay. And thank God that we are today uh, done with um, uh, queen talk. Okay. For the most part. Aram says this sounds like a Chris in Minnesota explanation. All right. It might have been a little long, but at least it's interesting. The thing about Chris, God, I get so bored hearing him. I just get so bored. Terrible. You know, speaking of the queen, can you imagine if, like, today is the first day that the queen is in the ground and the king is like, all right, now I'm in charge. And he dies? We would have to go through all of this again. It would be 10 more days. And, um, frankly, it would be... It would, uh, people wouldn't be nearly as upset. I mean, if you think about it, it would be a, a real, um, a bummer for anyone that's like related to the King because the 24 hour line for the queen would probably be like fucking speed pass at Disney, you know? So I imagine that you would really get an idea. They would take that 10 days and I go, fuck, we got to do this all again. Take the casket up here and there and have this parade. And Oh, shit. Remarkable. And then so you would have 10 more days of mourning. And then um, I forget the kid's name. Is it Harry? No, Harry's the one that's like the unhammered nail. Um, William? I don't know. If I didn't get annoyed, I would ask Amanda. Eric, don't make fun of them. Shut up. All right. Uh, boy, a lot of stupid going out, uh, around in this story out of uh, out of Arkansas. Forty-eight-year-old dude. Shannon Cox, 30-year-old wife, Sandy Cox. Well, that's like a free beer age difference right there. This is what happens when there's that much uh, difference in age. You get pissed off and cut your own leg off on on a miter box chop saw. That's what the dude... Shannon Cox did story goes Shannon was ranting around the house that he was Jesus Christ. Now you can look at, you see these two and they're, these two aren't the brightest bulbs in the, in the, in the whole box here. 
Is, is that what you say, not the brightest bulb in the box, or just say not the brightest bulb, or not the sharpest pencil in the box? Or I don't know. These two are pretty dumb. <clears throat> Excuse me. Singing the D. Snyder might have hurt my throat. Sorry. Um, Sandy's going, oh, my God. Shannon's losing his mind again. He's telling, marching around the house saying, I'm Jesus, I'm Jesus. They've got a five-year-old little girl. Then Shannon flips the script. Or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Shannon, the dude, flips the script and starts saying he's the devil. And then that's all that uh, Sandy, the wife, needs to see. And she's like, that's it. I'm gone. And she leaves. Now, she's pretty stupid because who would, in the right mind, would leave their five-year-old alone with a guy who's stomping around making terrible threats uh, saying, I, I'm Jesus, I'm the devil, and, and being threatening. Who would leave the five-year-old alone with that guy? But the wife did. Sandy left the five-year-old alone with Shannon. And then Shannon said, all right, come here, gather around, and got the five-year-old, the little girl sitting there, and she's playing with her stuffed animal, and he uh, calls her out to the garage. He lays his leg on the miter box, uh, chop saw. Is, are, they, are they the same thing? A miter box and a chop saw? I forget. I think they are. He fires that fucking thing up and cut off his own leg. And so you know how it is when you got like too long of a piece of wood, you cut it and then it falls off if you don't have the saw horses there or whatever. So he cuts off the leg and the blood goes flying everywhere in the fucking saw, spattering everywhere. Severs his major artery, cuts through his knee, his leg, everything. The leg goes flying. The five-year-old, okay, now she's ruined for life. She's going to be a serial killer. Can you believe this? Um, the authorities showed up. The uh, uh, ambulance, they pick up the leg. They, they take the guy to the hospital. They arrest both of them. Oh, my God. And now this five-year-old, what a fucking nightmare. In, in a lot of ways, it may have been better just for Shannon to just kill everybody. It, 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 I don't want to say kill the five-year-old, but the five-year-old is going to go on to become a serial killer now. I mean, there's no doubt. She's already ridiculously uh, behind the eight ball because she's below the Mason-Dixon line, so she's stupid. Grizzly details have emerged according to the affidavit. Shannon was arrested after he used the chop saw in front of the five-year-old. Mom, Sandy, left the kid at home. How stupid is that? Uh, When officers responded, they found Shannon nude, and he's naked. Oh, my God. So the five-year-old is standing in front of dad who's nude, who cuts his leg off. This actually happened. He was found in front of the house with no leg. Airlifted to a nearby hospital. He lived. How the fuck does this guy live? Wife Sandy was not at home, but told cops, yeah, he's been acting funny all day long. He never touched me. He was only being verbally abusive. Only. Oh, my God. Sandy said 
He was telling her that he was Jesus and that she needed to get right with the Lord. Sandy said he then became violent towards her and said he was Satan. According to the affidavit, he told Sandy that he was going to twist her head off and continue to make verbal threats. So she says, uh, uh, Shannon says to Sandy, I'm going to twist your head off. And she leaves the five-year-old with the guy. What a fucking idiot. She left the residence because she was scared Shannon would kill her, went to stay with a friend, left the daughter at home. When I asked Sandy why she didn't take her daughter with her, she said she was worried about Shannon killing her and wasn't worried about her daughter, wrote Corporal Jason Briscoe. So this is a stupid woman. The daughter was interviewed by the local CASA organization, CASA organization, Child Advocacy Center, confirmed she was present at the time when dad cut the leg off. She still appeared to be in a state of shock and was recommended she undergo counseling before further interview attempts. Oh, my God, that poor kid. Shannon and Sandy have both been released on a $10,000 bond. Shannon with a noticeable limp. How the hell is this even possible? That's why you don't marry young women. Shannon was probably fine before he married the young woman. And she drove him crazy. That's, you're supposed to marry within your, your age range. It's a real problem when you don't. Holy shit. Joe Pellerito wrote, beware, I'm going to twist your head off. Chris says, good grief, that kid's wrecked for life. Kyle Ryan says, it's referred to as the Donna Dixon line. Don't you watch Family Guy? No, I don't. I should. It's a great show. I have. I love it. All right. Absolutely bizarre. Okay. We are moments away from the world famous asshole of the day. Do you have any suggestions on the live stream? Send them now. I will look at them in a moment. I have a new Sharpie. Thank God. Thank you to my policy shop insurance. The lady from the start of the show with $2 million in medical bills definitely did not have health insurance. There's no way. If you are without health insurance, don't be like lady at KFC. Get health insurance. I can't afford it. Yes, you can. You just haven't explored it appropriately. That is a myth. The one thing the government has not done a good job of is uh, publicizing healthcare.gov. That's how I insure my family. Um, This is how it works. I've got insurance for Eric, Diana, Madison. I don't need it for Jackie. I don't need it for Jim. They're on their own plans. They're becoming adults now. Madison's still a student. She can get insurance until she's 26 years old from your old pal, Eric Zane. Uh, You pick out the insurance plan. Frank will pick it out for you. 
and you pay some of the premium. The federal government pays the federal government uh, pays for most of it. It's a tax subsidy. So the amount of money you pay is set up so that you won't break the bank and you will get health care and not garbage health care, great health care. The health care I have now is the best health care I've ever had. Okay, you pick the policy that's right for you. If you this is better than if you have workplace insurance, because at workplace insurance, when you have your workplace insurance, basically your boss is like he's going to cut corners where he can. So you're not going to get the best policy. Okay. Um, If you want more information about how this works, if you're self-employed in between jobs or your employer does not offer insurance, you must reach out to Frank. Call or text 616-914-4070. The enrollment period is right around the corner. Reach out to him now or go to uh, buyinsurancehere.com. Everything he does is free, costs you no money. All you have to lose is your life because you're going to be $2 million in debt. Don't make that mistake. Get a life insurance, uh, get a health insurance policy. He's also the Medicare Advantage plan slash social security expert. If you or someone you know or love is getting set to turn 65 or is already 65, they need a checkup on these uh, entitlements that they uh, take advantage of. So do it. And please mention my name. He's getting a little worried because he hasn't heard from an audience member asking uh, to utilize the services. So this is important that you do that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Finally, comedy at fullhousecomedy.com. Go to their website, fullhousecomedy.com, and uh, buy tickets for any of the upcoming shows. You've got comedy usually every week, Thursday to Saturday. Josh Blue is very, very funny. He is in town this week, Thursday He is at the Park Theater, Friday, Grand Rapids Comedy Club, part of Creston Brewing. And then he, in fact, he is there uh, for the rest of the week. Thursday, Park Theater, Friday, Saturday, Grand Rapids Comedy Club. I take that back. He's next week. There aren't shows this week. My apologies. He's here Thursday, the 29th of September and then Friday the 30th and then Saturday, October 1st fullhousecomedy.com today's asshole of the day nominations Kenny now picking a fight with uh, Amanda only rich people should go to KFC per Amanda Asshole of the day. Sandy, the mom who left her child with a lunatic. Eric is asshole of the day for not caring about the injured NFL player. Well, Kenny, on the Kenny podcast, on today's Kenny podcast, Kenny is going to look up what happened to the injured NFL player, which frankly, I did have on my list of things to talk about, but I've run out of things to talk about on the show. I mean, I've run out of time. 
I'll talk about it on the Patreon. Um, Kenny and Amanda should be assholes of the day. Kenny, because it's just general inherent south of the Mason-Dixon line stupidity. Who in their right mind would say to a group of people, hey, I need some info. Anybody know what happened to the Bills player last night who got hurt? I'm stupid and don't and don't know what Google is. Just fucking look it up, moron. If you Googled it and couldn't find anything out, that means nothing's been said yet. Kenny's like, okay, okay, brain, what are you going to do? We've Googled it and there's no info. Let's ask random people paying attention to a podcast. <laughs> oh, you idiot. God. Such a fucking dummy. I'll cover it on the Patreon. I know what happened. I'll talk about it when I'm ready to talk about it. Dick face. Jesus Christ. Sandy the mom is asshole of the day. For leaving her five-year-old alone with a guy who cut his leg off. There you go. Sandy, congratulations. You've won asshole of the day. Ram says, we are Kenny's friends, unlike you, Eric. I'm absolutely Kenny's friend, and I'm your friend, too. And you're just a fucking Indian-Armenian troll. So shut up and eat 900 to finish the show, you fucking half-breed. Shut up. By the way, you guys notice that on my state flag of Tennessee, I have blurred out two of the names and blurred out, blacked out the name Zaniacs. Oh, thank God too. So that means that, uh, the combined weight of those two names is down about 1500. And I tell you what, Aram's on it too. Aram and Kenny. You better watch yourselves, fuckers. Uh, John Midgley's on there. I don't know who Casey, Christy, Ken, Thomas, Katie, Ethan, and Aaron are. I don't remember. If you could reach out to me, if you still listen. Or just reach out to me and say, yeah, blacken my name out too. We're on Team Deniac. All right. Adam says, might be awkward if they ever come back. Who gives a fuck? Florida man 0814 says those see you next Tuesdays won't ever come back. Holy shit. I can't even say it. Enjoy your day. I'll talk to you a little later on. I got smarter than a former drug dealer trivia coming up in moments. Have a good one. Till next time. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.